Hello Believe Nation, I started the Mentor Me series with the goal to try to hang around people who've done a lot more than us, learn from their success, soak in a little bit more of their mindset and beliefs and how they operate and you know the environment is so important that the more you can hang around these people, hopefully some of that seeps into you to make you the best version of yourself. So today we're going to get motivated with Sylvester Stallone. Mentor Me Sylvester. What in this whole world turns you on? Challenge. I really just, I, I, I just love, I love it. You know, I love being told no. Gotcha. It just means yes. You know? To you? Yeah. What turns you off? Lack of enthusiasm really turns me off. Mike, I don't care what your grandfather thinks about me, okay? All I care about is you. Now, you lost back there because you beat yourself. You let yourself get beat. I know you can do it. You're a special kid. You're my boy, do you understand? But you're also a spoiled, rich brat who's always had everything done for him. Now it's time to do it for yourself, Mike, and you can do it. Because I'm telling you, the world meets nobody halfway. Do you understand what that means? If you want it, Mike, you gotta take it. Do you hear me? You gotta take it. Go in there and try. I know you can win. But even if you don't, so what? So you lose. As long as you lose, like a winner, it doesn't matter. Because you did it with dignity. I'm telling you, if you don't go in there, you're going to be sorry. You're going to regret it your whole life. You know what I mean? Come on. I know you can do it. Will you do it for me? Come on. Let's count. Let's start from the beginning. Was there ever a time that you doubted yourself? Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought when I, you know, I lived in this, basically this flop house. It's $26 a week, very transient, and you share the floor with 10 people. You don't know anybody on the planet, literally no one. I think I recall you saying you're acting low point, the godfather, and you said you couldn't even get in the... <laughs> I couldn't even get cast as an Italian. I'll never forget where there's a party scene. Is it 300 guests? <laughs> I said, no. I go, what part of me didn't make past the Italian identification <laughs> aspect? They go, nah, I don't know, you just uh, don't fit in. Wow. God's gotta, telling me gotta, something. To, that's got to play with your psyche a little bit. A little bit. I know. Yeah. But, but it didn't. And you decided to take matters into your own hands by writing yeah. Rocky. You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Cause you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker. You were able to write Rocky in three and a half days. The movie that went on to be Best yeah. Picture. You wrote in three and a half days? Yes. Was yeah. it just flowing out of you? Yeah, it was. I knew that this was going to be very flawed, but if I could get from the beginning to the end with some semblance of a character, then I'll repair the rest along the way. And you want to star in it. And you're told, no. You were, you were even offered $250,000. 360. 360. You're a struggling actor. You, you can't make ends meet. You get, no. You're getting offered all this money, but you didn't take it. No. I just didn't understand how the rules of life were played at that point. But this character, I understood. What's your point? My point is I'm pursuing something and nobody looks too happy about it. But we're just looking out for your interests. I appreciate that, but maybe you're looking out for your interests just a little bit more. I mean, you shouldn't be asking people to come down here and pay the freight on something they paid. It still ain't good enough. I mean, you think that's right? I mean, maybe you're doing your job, but why you got to stop me from doing mine? 
Because if you're willing to go through all the battling you got to go through to get to where you want to get, who's got the right to stop you? I mean, maybe some of you guys got something you never finished, something you really want to do, something you never said to somebody, something. And you're told no, even after you pay your dues, who's got the right to tell you that? Who? Nobody. It's your right to listen to your gut. It ain't nobody's right to say no after you earn the right to be where you want to be and do what you want to do. You know, the older I get, the more things I got to leave behind. That's life. The only thing I'm asking you guys to leave on the table is what's right. I am a messenger. I've always believed that, kind of a, a teacher. I've been down, I've been poor, I've, I've been the lowest uh, a person can be in this business and come up. So I've seen every facet of it. So don't ever, the word impossible should go out. Because I am a living testimony that miracles do exist through hard labor and dedication. If I had to rewind the clock 10 years, I would have insisted uh, by people that are close to me that please push me into very unsafe projects, at least every other one. Um, I, I think it's, it's professionally responsible to, to not continue to remake the same film over and over again. You know, what's tonight? Turkey TV dinner. Turkey TV dinner. What you mean don't think about this when you start in treatment? I'm not doing no chemotherapy. I'm not crazy at all. If I could take everything that was good and put it into a bowl or something and say, hey, here, I'd like to buy one more day with my wife, I'd do it. Everything I got is moved on, and I'm here. I never wanted to do this movie. I thought Sick Rocky is so counterintuitive to what Rocky really is designed for. I, I just laid there. I said, can someone else be sick in the movie and not me? Because I've never done that. My wife goes, you're a coward. No, you know, that's kind of a harsh word. He goes, no, no, it's, you're, you're yellow, basically. You're a coward. It goes against every undeclared artistic rule. If you're afraid of something, that's the commitment of the, of the artist. That's his duty to pursue the unknown, to go someplace where he's literally at odds with himself. Right there, old man? Yeah. You know, if you look hard enough, you can see your whole life from up here. How does it look? Not bad at all. He said he knew his whole life what he wanted to do since he was very, very young. He wanted to be in the movie business, period. I mean, not just TV, movies. And he, just, he said why was, for him, it was a chance to have people not only escape, but to inspire people. And by the way, that drive is what made most of his movies, inspire people to what they're capable of, to overcome unbelievable obstacles, because in his own life he felt like he did that. When he was born, he was pulled out by the forceps. That's why he looked the way he did. That's why he talked the way he did. And he said, so I really want to do that. And he said, I knew why I want to do it, and I wasn't willing to settle for anything else. And he said, what happened was, I went out to try and get jobs, and it's not like I went, hey, Adrian, and they went, you, you're a star. It didn't work out real well. They looked at me and said, hey, you're stupid looking. Do something else. You know, we're just talking like this. There's no place for you in that stuff. You're never going to be a star in the movies. You're insane. No one's going to want to listen to somebody who looks dopey and talks out of the side of their mouth, right? And he got no after no after no after no. He said, I was thrown out more, more than 1,500 times of agents' offices in New York. I said, there aren't 1,500 agents in New York. He said, I know. I've been to them five, six, seven, eight, nine times. He said, I remember one guy I went in there, and I got in there at 4 o'clock, and he wouldn't see me, so I stayed there, and I would not leave. And I stayed overnight. They came back the next morning. I was still sitting there. He said, that's how I got my first job. The guy said, fine, come in here. And he sat down, and he went through this, and he gave my first movie. 
I said, oh, really? I thought Rocky was the first movie. He said, no, this other movie, I'd never heard of it. He said, I said, well, what character did you play? He said, well, I was in it for about 20 seconds. I was a thug that somebody beat up. He said, because they made me feel like, you know, somebody, people hate your guts. You getting beat up, it'll be a good thing. And he did like three movies like that. Never got anything. Kept going out. Rejection, rejection, rejection. So finally he realized it wasn't working. So he changed his approach. He said, I was starving, by the way. He said, I couldn't pay for even to have heat in my apartment. My wife was screaming at me every day to go get a job. I said, well, why didn't you? He said, because I knew that if I got a job, he said, I'd get seduced back and I'd lose my hunger. He said, I knew that the only way I could do this is if it was the only choice, if I burned all other bridges. Because if I did a normal job, pretty soon I'd be caught up in that rhythm and that stuff and I'd feel okay about my life and i feel like my dream would just gradually disappear. And he said, I wanted to keep that hunger. That hunger was the only thing I thought was my advantage. He said, my wife didn't understand that at all. He said, we'd have these vicious fights. And he said, it was freezing. So I was broke. We had no money. And he said, so I finally went to the public library one day because it was warm. So I didn't want to read anything. So I went in, New York Public Library. He said, I was hanging out there and I sat down in this chair and somebody left a book there. And he said, I looked down at this book and there were the poems of Edgar Allan, stories of Edgar Allan Poe. And he said, so I started reading it. He said, I got totally into Edgar Allan Poe. And he said, I know everything about it. He goes on for another 20 minutes telling me about Edgar Allan Poe. He knows everything, how he died, what it was about, what really happened. And I said, well, what did Poe do for you? He said, Poe got me out of myself. He got me to think about how I could touch other people and not worry about myself so much. And he said, it made me decide to become a writer. I said, just imagine Rocky the writer, right? And he said, so I tried to write a bunch of screenplays. Nothing worked, nothing worked. I were totally broke. He said, I didn't even have 50 bucks. And he said, and finally, he said, I sold a script. And it was called Paradise Alley. He said, it's a movie I made many years later, but I sold it. And he said, I sold it for 100 bucks. He said, but 100 bucks was a ton of money, man. I was so thrilled. I thought, I'm on my way. But it never led to anything. And he said, so finally, he said, I kept going and going and going. He said, finally, we were so broke. He said, I hawked my wife's jewelry. He said, Tony, there's some things in life you should never do. <laughs> he said, that was basically the end of our relationship. She hated my gut so much. He said, now we were so broke, we had nothing, no food, no money. And he said, the one thing I loved most in the world was my dog. He said, I love my dog because he gave me unconditional love, unlike my wife. And he said, so what happened was, though, we were so broke that to survive, I couldn't even feed my dog. So I went to a liquor store. He said, it was the lowest day of my life. And I stood outside the liquor store trying to sell my dog to strangers. He said, I tried to sell my dog for 50 bucks. And he said, this, finally this one guy negotiated with me and bought my dog for me, my best friend on earth, for $25. He said, I walked away from there and I cried. He said, it was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. He said, two weeks later, I'm watching a fight between Muhammad Ali and Weppner, this white guy that's getting bludgeoned but just keeps on coming. And he said, I got an idea. He said, I, as soon as the fight ended, I started writing. He said, I wrote for 20 straight hours. I did not sleep. I wrote the entire movie in 20 hours straight. Right then, saw the fight, wrote the movie. Whole thing, done. He said, I was shaking at the end. I was so excited. He said, I really knew, man. I knew what I wanted. I knew why I wanted it. He said, just like you teach that formula. He said, but I said, man, I took the action. Now it's time to deliver. And so he said, I went out and started trying to sell it to agents. And they all would read it and they'd say, you know, this is predictable. This is stupid. This is sappy. He said, I wrote down all the things they said and I read them the night of the Oscars when we won. Right? He said, it was really good, right? So the greatest revenge is massive success. <laughs> and he said, so what happened was, he said, I kept going, trying to sell it, trying to sell it. Nobody going. I'm broke. I'm starving. He said, finally, I meet these guys. They read it and they believe in the script and they love it. And they offer me $125,000 for my script. 
I said, oh my God, you must have been out of your mind. He said, I was. I said, just one thing though, guys, you got a deal based on one thing. And they said, what's that? He said, I got a star in it. They went, Pfft. what are you talking about? You're a writer. He said, no, no, I'm an actor. He said, no, 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 you're a writer. He said, no, no, I'm an actor. That is my story and I'm Rocky. He said, I got to play it. You know, I got to be the head person. I got to be the starring role. And they said, there's no way. We're not going to pay you $125,000, take some no name and stick you in that and throw our money away. We need a star. You know, and they want to have Ryan O'Neill play Rocky to give you a picture. Can you imagine? That's who they picked, right? And so he said, no way, Ryan O'Neill isn't Rocky, I'm Rocky. Went through this whole thing, right? And they finally, he said, they said, well, take it or leave it. He said, I left the room. I said, if that's what you believe, you don't get my script. And he left. Here's a man with no money, none, totally broke, offered $125,000 more money than seen in his lifetime. And he walked away because he knew his real what? Knew his real what? and why he wanted, he was committed to it. So he said they called him a few weeks later and they came and brought him back and they offered him a quarter of a million dollars not to star in his own movie. He turned it down, $250,000. They came back, their final offer was $325,000. They wanted this thing. He said, not without me, and they said no. They finally compromised and they gave him $35,000 and points in the movie. Because they said, if this is gonna happen, then you're gonna take the risk with us. And the bottom line is, we don't think it'll work, but at least we won't spend a bunch of money on you. And then they only spent a million dollars to make Rocky, and it grossed $200 million at the time. I, I mean, it was done pretty well. But what's interesting about this is, here's, I said, what'd you do? I mean, even 35,000, it's not a quarter of a million. That's a lot of money when you don't have 25 bucks. I said, what's the first thing you did? I figured you went out and partied or something. He said, I went to that liquor store for three straight days and hoped that the man who had my dog frequented the store. He said, because I want to buy back my dog. I thought that was so cool, right? That was really cool. I said, what happened? He said, third day I was there, this guy walks by and I see him and I can't believe it and there's my dog. And I looked at him and I said, sir, remember me? And he said, it had been about a month and a half by the time this had all come about. And he said, remember me? You know, I'm the guy that sold you the dog. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I love the dog. He said, well, look. He said, I was so broke. I was starving. He's my best friend. I'm sure you love him too, but I got to have him black. Please, I beg of you. He said, I'll pay you $100 for the dog. I know you paid me $25, but I'll give you $100. And the man said, absolutely not. No way. He's my dog now. You can't buy him back, right? And Sly said, you know, Tony, you know, he said, know your outcome. I said, yeah. He said, I knew it. And he said, I kept changing my approach. So I went $500 for the dog. The guy said, absolutely no way. He said, $1,000 for my dog. Guy said, no amount of money on earth is ever going to get this dog from you. I said, what'd you do? He said, I knew my outcome, right? Because he listened to these tapes, kept doing them. He said, I decided to take massive action. He said, I got my dog. I just kept changing my approach, so I got it. I said, what'd it cost you? $15,000 and a part in Rocky. The guy's in Rocky. You know that dog in Rocky, Butt Kiss? That's Sly's real dog, right? That's the dog. He bought him back. So, so he put his dog in the movie and he put the guy in the movie and paid 15 grand while he had 35,000. Isn't that pretty cool? Pretty awesome. So there's always a way if you're committed. <laughs> Just got to keep changing your approach. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. 
The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'd love to know what did you think of this video? What kind of motivation did you get from it? What was your favorite clip and why? Leave it down in the comments below. I'm gonna join in the discussion. Thank you again for watching. I believe in you. I hope you continue to believe in yourself and whatever your one word is, much love. I'll see you soon.